Welcome to the podcast formerly known as Comedians with Ghost Stories, now called Haunted as Hell. Why? Why? It's still me. It's still Emily, the the TV writer, the comedian who's been hosting all along. Why change the title? Because it's spooky season and it has come to my attention that when we're in the comedy world, uh, people that are looking for ghost stories sometimes can't find us. So I've rebranded Although the content is going to be, it's going to be performers still telling their amazing true stories, brushes with the paranormal, um, and I'm still hosting. Even the intro music's going to be the same. I just want to be able to reach all the people that are trying to find us easier. Also, if you are in the New York area on Friday, October 27th, my husband, Chris Calagero, is recording his very first comedy album after 15 years of doing stand-up. Uh, his first comedy album at Jalopy Theater. I am hosting the show, so I will be doing comedy as well. It's going to be such a fun night. There's shows at 7 and 9 o'clock. You can go to jalopytheater.org to get tickets. Um, so that's something big that's coming up in our little world. Um, come to the show. It's going to be great. Enjoy the episode. Have a great spooky season and day. Today on the podcast, I'm super excited to have two guests. They are sisters. Welcome, Caitlin and Sierra Laird. Thank you. Hi. Thank you. We're so happy to be here. Thanks so much for joining the pod. I'm so excited. It's amazing to have two guests because one of my favorite things about ghost stories is when they're corroborated. And I'm like, okay, if there's two of you, there probably is some corroboration in this story. So I'm so excited. Take it away and tell me where your story happened. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, uh, my sister and I are filmmakers together and, um, a few years ago before the pandemic, we decided to start filming for a Western, uh, feature film that we had written. We'd started writing a long, long time ago based on, um, our own family history a little bit. We our our ancestors were cowboys and, um, by all accounts rogues so that's awesome (laughs) so we decided to go ahead and and start filming and we ended up um casting out of LA but filming deciding to film in Lone Pine um which is near Mammoth yeah we we checked around a lot of different locations we were looking in LA and we were looking in Tucson Arizona actually has some really cool western settings um, and then we really liked this place in, yeah, Lone Pine near like Bishop, mm-hmm. California. It used to be really big for filming a lot of Westerns when the spaghetti Westerns were happening more. Um, it still has been used a little bit for recent films. Like I think Django Unchained was maybe. Yeah, the they shot one of, oh. the, one of like the cavern scenes there. Um, but mostly the film industry has moved away from there. So the um, the people in the town were really excited to have uh, film come in even though we're you know uh, very indie yeah it's always nice when people are like oh this is novel and we're excited to have you here we don't get this very often yeah not like get out of the way yeah yeah right. yeah. I, yeah I lived in New York for a really long time and it was like okay you cannot like uh, this is my street where I live like <laughs> yeah this is not this is not funny to me yeah I get it yeah um, no, like get your awesome. background out of the way yeah <laughs> yeah totally yeah. um yeah. yeah that's awesome yeah yeah. So how far from LA is is this area? It's about six hours. Um, what was nice is that it's kind of six-ish hours um, 
both from LA where all of our, pretty much all of our actors were coming from and Santa Cruz where we're based out of and where a lot of our crew was coming from. So we were able Amazing. to kind of caravan up and meet in the middle in Lone Pine. And we had a, a house there for everybody to stay in, which was not exactly like totally big enough for everyone. So it just became this really fun, like sleepover party. Everybody's yeah. bringing like, we like some people had beds and a lot of people had like camping mattresses and it was, everybody was such a good sport. Yeah. It actually made it more authentic feeling because we were like, oh, we have like two showers to share among like yeah. 30 and then, people. <laughs> and then the hot water died. Yeah, yeah. Shoot. So if oh you wanted gosh. a shower, it was cold water or nothing. Yeah. Um, it kind of made it more epic though. It, it did. Was, it was yeah. Fun. The dirt was real. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and we had a a local guy there, uh, Manny, who was um, our location scout, and he showed us a lot of um, the cool areas and knew the town really well. Uh, and so we filmed different scenes in and around the town, and we were able to partner with the um, ranch, one of the ranches out there, and use their horses. There was a there's a train or there's a museum, like yeah, a train outdoor, museum, train museum, mm-hmm. and they. They were looking to let us just film a bunch of static shots. And then at one point they were like, hey, we have to move a train from one end of the yard to the other. Do you guys want to get on and film? And we were like, stop everything. Everyone's getting on this train. We're just going to get like whatever. We'll we'll find a way to use it yeah. later. And it was yeah. just very spontaneous. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. did you find a way to use that some of the footage? Yeah, we did. We like um kind of had the actors talk about vaguely similar things to what was going on in another scene. And then we ended up using it like kind of like doing a, a dubbing like a, a voiceover mm-hmm. at one point we with used it. it for the trailer we used it for the trailer it just looks it looks so pretty that yeah. We were yeah. Like, yeah yeah justify somehow yeah. makes it look oh like God. there was money yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, amazing um, yeah and yeah I think so it was very fun and people there were really great and um and then we uh ended up hearing about this ghost town called Cerro Gordo um which uh was is a little bit outside of Lone Pine, but um, it's up high up on a hill and it was a mining community in the 1800s. Um, It was kind of short lived. There were about 500 people who lived up there and it was known for being incredibly violent. Like at the peak, there was one murder a week. Oh my God. And that's only 500 people. I mean, that's not like your odds of dying are kind (laughs) of high. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of turnover. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and so we decided to, that we wanted to film some scenes up there because it was, it's got these beautiful old structures. Everything still looks very authentic, very 1800s. And so we're like, okay, how do we organize this? How do we get, you know, permits figured out? What, how do we, like, are they, do they want money? What do they want, you know? Mm-hmm. And the guy, the Manny, our, like, location scout was like, well, the guy up there, you know, he's kind of like this old, like, caretaker. He's like a little yeah. different. And he didn't own the property. He just was the only one who was ever there. Right. He's just, he the was just like the caretaker. Mm-hmm. And so Manny was like, oh, if you just bring him a bottle of whiskey, he'll let you film. And we were like, ha ha ha. And Manny was like, I'm serious. Bring him a bottle of whiskey. And we were like, oh my God. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. he's like, go and buy a bottle of like Crown yeah. Royal or yeah. whatever he wanted. And and we're like, this is, yeah. And and so we we get we all get in our rented SUVs because you can't, take most cars up the path, just the road up to Cerro Gordo is very steep and rocky and gravel road and 
very unsafe. And so we, we just all piled into a few SUVs and um, went up the mountain and met the caretaker, gave him his whiskey. And he was like, yeah, just uh, sign these waivers and then do whatever you want. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. If it was, it was like, all ideal. that easy. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, by the way, uh, there's, yeah, he starts going on about, um, you know, being careful because of the, the ghost and they don't, you know, the spirits don't like people and yada yada and we're like oh this guy's been alone for a long time <laughs> yeah you know, um, totally by himself yeah yeah very much disregarded um that and and he kind of got the waivers and then he left he so. just left he was like, he's like right, do, yeah do whatever you want probably um, to go drink his whiskey in hindsight yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so we're like all right great we have this play this like beautiful property that like 400 um, acres or something like that oh my yeah. gosh and the guy's just like be careful yeah. the ghost bye yeah, <laughs> yeah completely yeah so he's like i've done my part um and like there's there's a beautiful outdoor area we're like oh great we can get these outdoor shots there's like an old saloon there's all this exterior we're like mm-hmm. oh my god we can get oh it was so pretty we can get this like epic fight scene right at sunset with like or like you know like get like all the golden hour light on on everybody and like um yeah and there were some other buildings up there there was just a lot of stuff to choose from yeah and it was um we we had so much that we wanted to get up there while we were there for the one day um that we were running really tightly you know we were we were really trying to pack it in and get everything done as quickly as possible no time Um, for ghosts no time for ghosts yeah uh (laughs) and we'd put um we'd brought some local people up to kind of be background and um a few women had saloon girl costumes that they'd wanted to and they wanted to be a part of it and so yeah that's great you can be in the background doing your thing um and but we told them we told everyone you know sit tight it's it's gonna be a while before we get to you we're trying to get everything outside first before the light goes and then we've got the sunset shoot and so just hang out have some food have some water you know and and I told them I was a, the costume designer, so I told them specifically don't put on your corsets yet because it's going to be hours and hours, yes. and I don't want you to be yeah. in a corset. That's that a long. bad mood for like, a, yeah yeah yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah not not super comfy. Um, and so we come back a little bit later, and they're totally in their costumes, and um, we're like, okay, whatever, just you know, so you know you're going to be here for a while. So right, I warned you. Yeah, yeah, I warned you. I've done yeah. my part. Um, and. So we were off with kind of our smaller team shooting um, and trying to get as much as we could. And um, it had turned out that someone had brought um, a lot of alcohol to the set. And we were, like, we were like a bunch of people who had wanted to be back on from the town who were like our location scout knew somebody who knew somebody. And he was like, I can get all these people. In. And we were like, all right, great. Like yeah. they're willing to just come eat food and hang out and be back on. Yeah. But we didn't know them very well. Um, and so somebody had brought alcohol up there and we're at really high elevation. So, oh God. Like, so everyone's getting tanked really fast and easy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They think they're getting a little buzzed and oh my yeah. God. so we come back from this like wonderful little shoot with our Splinter unit and we're like, um, everyone is tipsy. Not everybody, but like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and some of the, some crew. of the, some, some of the, the, not the crew, but the background. Yeah. Some of the people were a little tipsy and we're like, okay, it's okay. Keep going. You know, right. let's just, let's just keep rolling. Um, and there, one of, there was one of the women had a son who a very, very young child who, um, they weren't watching. And so the kid was kind of running around in this Ugh. not safe environment. And we'd said like, you can only bring your child if you're going to be super on it, you know, like, yeah, yes, no, that's so, like, this is not what you need. Yes. No. Yes, yeah. Professional. And yeah. yeah. 
Also, yeah. before we were recording, you guys were talking about sometimes um, men condescend to you for being sisters in the business. And I'm like, yeah. if you guys were brothers, would somebody have brought their child and let them right. run loose? You know what yeah, I mean? Like, like, that's, yeah. yeah. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so our crew is kind of like babysitting. Yeah. One of our, and... one of our other child actors ended up kind of volunteering to babysit him. <laughs> like, we're like, oh. he's like 14, 15. And so we're like, yes. And yeah, yeah. adults. Sorry. Like, okay. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and actually speaking of the being taken seriously, one, um, one actor was like, not thrilled that I, I was doing the fight choreography. Which, like, I do have, like, a decent amount of... of yeah, you have a lot of training. And yeah. a lot of experience. Everything. And so he he was, like, being, like, fairly sexist. And we were, like, all right. So we're, like... And this is the golden hour shot. And this is fast and pretty. And so we're, like... He's pushing back every everything that she says. He's pushing yeah. back against... He's just really not listening to her. But it was one of those moments where I kind of just had to get really assertive and, like, walk the line, still not being sharp, but just being, like, really firm. And it w- it worked. And it was actually really satisfying in that way. I was just, like, got pretty bossy and was like, this is what we're doing. And we got that. It looked really beautiful. Like, got yeah, that thing. It's like, how do you... Uh, how, how are there not protections for this when you're, like, hiring the actors? Like, I wish I you could, like, look into the future and be like, are you going to be a monster? You know? Yeah, I know. Yeah. And, and we always just, say... Yeah. Yeah, we always say, like, we would, like, obviously you want talent and manners together, but, like, we would probably take manners. Or, like, talent you can <laughs> coax and direct, you know, in yeah. some way. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's an ass, they're just an ass. Yeah. Um, and there's yeah. so many. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> yes, yeah. there are. Yes, there are. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so so we, we get everything that we need for the fight, and we're moving on, we're moving indoors, and the saloon ladies come out, and they're like, are you going to use us now? And we're like, oh no, we actually have like a couple more things to get first. And they're like, well, we have a hard out right now. And I was like, well, I'm sorry. You didn't tell us you had a hard out at eight o'clock, but we can't use you. So right. Sorry. And so, um, and they'd been, they all had also been having quite a bit to drink. And so, um, so we're like, but don't go anywhere. Yeah, You just, shouldn't be driving down the mountain right yeah. now. They get in their cars and they drive with the, down with the small child. Yeah, we're like trying to stop them. We're like, my God, I hope they are make it down in one yeah. place. Which oh they did. God. It was all fu- it was fine. But like we were we were like, well, we can't really control you. We can't really stop you. But like, right. But then once they left, things went smoother. Things went a lot smoother because they oh, were good. kind of some of the instigators. Yeah. Yeah. So things that now we're kind of down to skeleton crew and the cast who's mm-hmm. so professional and wonderful, mm-hmm. like you know, great actors, everybody. And we're and we're getting through what we need to to get done and as we're getting through we're sending cars back with people who are no longer needed so that mm-hmm. they can go home and have a cold shower sleep on the floor <laughs> <laughs> you know the creature comforts yeah, the comforts, yeah. <laughs> um and so um we finished wrapping and it's pretty dark at that point um I think it was getting pretty close to midnight um and we had been um filming and in this yeah large open saloon with a bar and a chandelier above and then past it there had been the kitchen that we were using for costumes and we were putting crafties back there you know everything was mm-hmm. set up back there and so we finally wrap we get everything done we send everyone back except for just us and the cinematographer and um, a few other people and we're just packing up and trying to get out because we're all tired and um and I was in the kitchen packing up all of the um, costumes and been totally fine, not thinking about anything freaky at all. Right. And um, and I was walking back through the saloon with a handful of um, like 
costumes in my arms and and I started getting this feeling of just like hairs on the back of your neck just standing straight up mm-hmm. um like someone was in there with me and we're both pretty sensitive to energy and I like just started getting the kind of chills and then as I walked underneath the sh- right underneath the chandelier which at this point has been replaced with an electric chandelier it blinked off right as I walked right as I stepped underneath it <laughs> and yeah. and like and I just froze and it blinks back on again and I just started a, a, like a monologue I was like I am so sorry we're in your space we are gonna leave now um please don't be offended we are everyone is getting out like it's just constant rambling and and the caretaker had mentioned that once the sun went down the activities started coming up you know, okay yeah kind of standard yeah but yeah. um and so all of the things that the caretaker has told me just come flooding back into my mind you yeah. know Oh, breathe. It's fine. Oh and my god. I, yeah, it was so intense. And our our dad was helping us. He's great. He's just like always loves to be on set and and help mm-hmm. and everything. Um, do you remember exactly? Yeah. What? So there, one of the one of the other rooms in that main house. Um, uh, there's a bunch of bullet holes in the wall, mm-hmm. and there's actually a blood stain on the floor. Oh my god. Um, and I got he was yeah, yeah, he was in that room, and later we found out at I'm sure like the exact same moment. I think a door slammed or something else happened to him at that same moment and something else happened to our cinematographer at that same moment and like and I I thought I thought Sierra was like in the next room next to me mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I was like like thought I had heard something and like answered her and it turned out she was not totally really far. Of that yeah, yeah so like really four quiet. people at the same time had this had something yeah. crazy happen yeah in different parts of different this parts. property but none of us wanted to say anything because we didn't want to freak anyone else so yeah, we're all none of, nobody's sharing this. Nobody's sharing this. Yeah. So we're all just really quietly packing up the car and packing up the car and trying to get it done. And, and like, no one's talking. And then, um, and then Caitlin was packing, packing stuff in and she reaches her hand in to shove a bag, uh, further in and, uh, catches her hand on my sewing scissors that had opened themselves up in my bag and slices her hand open. Oh my God. And, and it's like elevations are just spurting blood. I mean, horror movie oh. level blood and we're all like, ah! and like I think Sierra or our cinematographer yeah. somebody like grabs yeah, and, and we didn't and we hadn't counted right so we had more people than could actually fit in the SUV plus all of this stuff and so at this point we're like just get just get out and so I think I was sitting on Caitlin's lap holding her hand like pressed close to try and keep pressure on it we've got like three other people like you know crushed in next to us you just and so we're driving down this rickety mountain path like in, at night. And like, there's no light. There's absolutely oh no exterior light. Yeah. And we're just like, get out of this place. And then we go down and we're like, well, we got to find like an emergency room. This is probably going to be stitches. Yeah. Yeah. So we're like calling around and we like are trying to find like numbers for local hospitals. And we finally yeah. like call it, find this one phone number. And someone is like, hello. And we're like, hi, we, we have someone here who needs stitches. Can we, you know, can we come, like, can we bring her in? <laughs> and they're like, oh, I'll, I'll call the doctor and wake them up. Yeah, come on in. <laughs> I'm like, what? It's like, okay. So we, so we drive to the hospital and it's several trailers linked together. This is oh the hospital, <laughs> like three trailers. And the doctor comes comes in after a while he's like in his pajamas pajamas, like the like just woken up and he's like this is so exciting I haven't had a customer in a really long time (laughs) oh my gosh customer (laughs) 
Oh my God. Awesome. Patient. Okay. Yeah. So we like go into this little trailer. Yeah. And, and normally they airlift people out. Nothing ever happens at this hospital because, you know, if it's serious enough, off they go. But it wasn't serious enough for being airlifted. It just yeah, it was like a of stitches. Yeah. yeah. How um, many stitches and- did you get? Uh, five, I think. Yeah. And the anesthesia wasn't working. The doctor had tried multiple times and it just, or the, 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 the anesthet- like, yeah, the numbing, numbing wasn't working. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And so, so she, like the doctor tried multiple times, you know, and those are not little needles, um, and to, to find enough spot and numb it enough that he could stitch it up. And after like two or three times of trying, and it just wasn't, it wasn't the right spot. It wasn't taking. He just sewed her up. And so I remember Caitlin sitting, like laying on the hospital bed, me sitting on one hand, like on one side, holding her other hand and her almost breaking it. And our cinematographer, who's this like wonderful uh, Ukrainian woman, Yulia, was like sitting on the other side, holding her legs down. And she's just oh getting stitched up, God. feeling every single thing <laughs> which is the most western experience you can yes. ask for really <laughs> yeah how um, bad did that hurt was that horrible oh my god yeah I mean I think you left your body for a little bit I think I did I just completely checked out I like don't I don't really remember I remember my you know Sierra and, and Yulia being wonderful but I I is kind of a blank yeah actually but oh my it gosh was, yeah. yeah. And so, so he stitches her all up and we, wraps it up and we get back to this house that we're sharing with like 30 people. And, and she's walks in with this massive bandage on her hand and everyone's like, what happened? You were only gone a couple more hours. And I told the whole story and yeah, and everything. Yeah. And then, uh, and you know, a few more days of filming, it was all fun and great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, had yeah. a good time. One is your hand. Okay. Now yes thank you it's got a it's got a real small scar um I we write so that we can also act in what we're acting so we just had to hide my hand for the rest of the the shoot Amazing. we were like could we write it into the script somehow <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah um like, but yes it's okay now yeah um and two clearly this is like negative spirits that it's not they're not happy that you're there do you think that they opened the scissors or do you think that that was just a random coincidence I don't know I feel like it was either that or the panic from sense, like sensing so much going on and sensing the urge yeah. to get out of there. I know they did not want us there. Uh, we could feel it. Yeah. We could feel that they did not want us there. And so then what happened? Oh my God. There's um, more. During <laughs> the, so not with us, but during the pandemic, um, right at the beginning of it, um, Sarah Gordo went up for sale and um which was great timing we couldn't have filmed there after that after that yeah so we had kind of filmed when the previous owner had mm-hmm. you know they weren't super involved at that point but so it went up for sale and um this investor guy bought it with a few of his friends and to try and turn it into a tourist attraction and and revamp it and everything and so he he went up to go check it out and start working on it himself during the pandemic and then he ended up getting snowed in there. So for several weeks, there was no access in or out. Oh you could my not gosh. get in or out. Yeah. No. And this like kind of, I think Silicon Valley-ish or very, right. you know, like yeah. city slicker type is like up there snowed in. Snowed in. Yeah. And when he gets out, he they interview him and he reports all of the same things happening that we were experiencing and more but like the lights flickering on and off and uh things happening in the room with the bullet holes and 
like all of the this sounds, stuff, the sounds, things that you just can't explain. He he had things with Thelma seriously or get misplaced or like tons of things like that. And he's like pretty, pretty wigged out after this yeah. experience. Yeah. And like trapped up there. And was, so we, this, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, was he like, I don't want to own this anymore? Or was he like, I'm, no, he's yeah. like still living there. He was last oh time God. the article came out. He was, he, I think he took a little bit of a break to, to recover, but then he, he loves it. So he went back. And, um, and so when this came out, I think our cinematographer saw it and sent it to us. It was like, guys, this is where, you know, where we were and everything. And so, um, and then I just found out that where we were filming, um, several of the buildings burned down just like uh, very recently. Um, and it wouldn't have been very long after we filmed there. And they burned down to the day, 149 years after they were built. Oh my God. And they don't know what happened. They don't know what started it, but the room with the blood stains, like all of that like burned down oh and there's God. still some structures standing um but they think they lost three structures and the guy who owns it now wouldn't say whether or not he thought that there was something supernatural about what started the fires um but 149 is happened. so strange yeah what a stra- yeah. like you couldn't wait till 150 and just I like know. make yeah. it i don't know I know. I, wow yeah wow. yeah yeah but on so- june 15th it was built in it was finished and on June 15th it burned down. Oh my gosh. Sierra, yeah. so you said you guys are kind of like tuned in to energy stuff. Uh have mm-hmm. you had experiences like this before? We we uh so, we visited like yeah, we've had a few like in- trippy experiences. And we visited the Tower of London, um, in London, which, you know, very cool, like to visit a historical location but like my god have horrible things happened in that place and we both were like so stressed out we were like we couldn't even stay there for like the entire tour and yeah interesting when when i was younger um there's a a place locally in in the santa cruz mountains called the brookdale lodge and in the 1940s it was really famous for um like movie stars would come and stay and it was you know it's in under the redwoods it's really beautiful there's and there's a stream running through the um hotel lobby or there was um that's like the lobby is built around this stream so it's always a very beautiful hotel but um bad things have happened there and a girl died there and basically this lodge has been um just had the worst luck of anything i mean it's had fires there it's had drug rings were run out of there like bad drowned in the street yeah just bad bad things on happening there um but throughout both of our childhoods growing up it would be open for a little bit and then something would happen it would close down you know be open and then it would burn down you know like thing it kept on trying to open and I remember one of the brief periods that it was open they have this really cool swimming pool where one wall of the swimming pool is glass and on the other side is the restaurant so mm-hmm. you can see through to watch the diners and the diners can watch the swimmers and it's very cool and quaint. And, um, and I remember going there for a piano recital or something, you know, after party or something like that. And um, both my best friend at the time and I saw a woman who looked like she was a waitress, except you could see through her to the tables on the other side. And I know I was a child, but I swear to God, I, I saw this very clearly and my best friend saw it too. And then Caitlin was there and she swam down to try and look and the woman was gone. Whoa. Like oh, that's that, awesome. I will, I will swear to that, like, till my dad. Yes. Um, 
Things so you're like, like, I'm a little bit since I've had some experiences going into this big one that you're like, all right, I trust yeah. myself on this. So what yeah. do you think yeah. that, what do you think happened? Do you think it was energy that was stuck there from the times where it was just like a murder, a little murder town or I mean, <laughs> yeah. 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 There there was, I think it is. I think that there was a lot of suffering and um, a lot of death and things happened like um 40 chinese miners got stuck in a cave in and no one tried to rescue them so oh. they all died there you know oh, like yeah bad bad things have happened in that area and so i don't know how much i believe in the existence of real malicious spirits you know trying to or able to actively hurt people mm-hmm. but i definitely believe in spaces holding on to the energy of negative or positive things that have happened in the past and I also believe that that there are ways that people who have passed can visit us and make us feel and uh make us know that they don't want us in their house anymore yeah um yeah Mm -hmm. I I feel like it's kind of just yeah residual energies left over um like a really, really emotional or really intentional or really dramatic thing that's happened can just, I feel like, leave an energetic trace. And, you know, I, I feel like, well, we're, we are very, very much believe in like, like science and I have a science background and everything like that. But I also feel like there's a lot that has not been discovered yet about like quantum physics and quantum mechanics. And I, I think it's really interesting to think about like, I mean, a lot of the science that we have discovered now used to seem like magic and there's the whole quote about like any advanced technology just looks like magic and I'm I feel like there's maybe someday it will be like quantifiable how how like you know energies get left behind or like how things in the time space continuum affect other times because I don't think it's as linear as we you know in the past have thought that it is. Absolutely. That was very well put. I really like asking my guests this question because every time I try to say what you just said, I get very jumbly. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, um, okay. So can you guys, I mean, I don't know if you have more ghost stuff you want to talk about, but I definitely want you to plug this film that you guys made and yeah, talk all about it. Thank yeah, you. Thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think those are all the, the super notable uh, encounters and experiences, but um, the Western film, we, we filmed most of the primary photography and principal photography. And then we um, we've actually at this point are thinking of kind of reworking it into um, like a mini series. Cause there's just a lot of story to tell. Um, and so that project is a little bit uh going to be in post-production for a while I think while we rework and figure that out um but we did just release our first feature film that we ever made which we shot 10 years ago uh in Santa Cruz and it's a 1950s retelling of Romeo and Juliet and we used all original Shakespearean dialogue and uh adapted it so it's uh went from three hours to being about an hour and 20 mm-hmm. um it's very fun and sock hop and vibrant and tragic and yeah you know, uh-huh. kind of exploring some of the issues with the you know 1950s society in america so, yeah. that is amazing and also uh i just tried to watch the 90s version i don't know if you've oh, seen yeah. it yeah, yeah you probably did yeah uh, and i and i was like oh because i'm just like i love 90s bs and i was like okay yeah. like i'm gonna watch this and it's gonna be awesome and i'm gonna 
feel like I'm a little kid again. And it was terrible and I hated it. And it <laughs> yeah. was, and, and I was like, oh, this isn't very good. And it's yeah. making me feel physically dirty. Uh, and like, uh, so anyway. Yeah. Glad to see it uh, tried again. Um, yeah. So is Thank it you. just, is it yeah. called Romeo and Juliet? It's no. called Verona. Um, okay. And I know what you mean. Like, I, I always, like, I love 90s movies too. And I always, like, want Shakespeare adaptations to be amazing. And yes. yeah, the, yeah, that one is, yeah. Thanks for the author. Yeah. <laughs> really author. Um, um, and we, we also really wanted Shakespeare to be a, um, approachable because, when you study it and you learn how to understand it, it's really clever and funny and sexy and all of that. Um, it's got this kind of like elitist, you know, academic a little bit of barrier, to it sometimes. barrier to entry. Yeah. And it used to be for like the masses, the yeah. masses and the like peasants and for the public <laughs> yeah. and people who couldn't afford very much. And yeah. So we, um, it ended up being really cool because a lot of the cast had never done Shakespeare before some of them had never acted before one guy we found in a coffee shop and we were like you look right have you acted ever and he was like uh I was a tree in my kindergarten play we're like great you're hired (laughs) (laughs) and he was great he played the prince and he was wonderful and charismatic um so you just gave somebody you just like made the dream stay alive everyone wants to be approached and me included and been like oh you're just like really perfect looking can you do this thing on camera for me and even though I'm not an actor and I don't want to be I would of course say like yes I have to it's my duty no it does happen sometimes (laughs) that's awesome yeah. And, I, and I think because of that, because we didn't have Shakespearean trained actors, although they are wonderful in a lot of circumstances, it made it feel very natural and very real. Um, and we just had our kind of premiere for our cast in our community here in Santa Cruz. And we had a lot of feedback of like, I hate Shakespeare normally and I loved this, or I actually understood what was going on and people laughed and cried and this really the most you could ever ask for in an audience so um it was very special (laughs) wonderful congratulations oh yeah it's plug more go for it yeah oh no thanks yeah we um we also have um Um, and also that film is not available to view online currently we're working on distribution pathways for it um but we'll we have a youtube channel it's just at the laird sisters l-a-i-r-d and um we post like like updates. So when we, when we make it available, it'll be, there'll be an update on there. And we have our sketch comedy on there, us mm-hmm. being ridiculous and hamming it up and um, some music on there and mm-hmm. trailers for our other projects. Yeah. We, during the pandemic, we filmed a sci-fi pilot um, in our little co-op office space here. Um, so that is called Starhaven and it's about um, twin sisters that are um, born in a a tiny space shuttle in deep space raised by an AI guardian um, and uh, are believe they're the last humans in the universe um, and kind of getting to watch them on their adventures. Um, so the trailer for that is on there and a little bit of behind the scenes making of as well. That's yeah. amazing. Oh my gosh, you guys are busy. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> and do you have any um, socials that you want to plug as well? Yeah, we're mostly um, besides YouTube, we're we're on TikTok for also comedy shorts. We're on Instagram. All it's all at the Laird Sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, Our website is thelairdsisters.com. Laird like Scottish Lord. Yeah, um, and um, we also just released the album for for Verona. We couldn't 
like afford the 1950s music that we really wanted. We'd been listening to all this great stuff as temp tracks. And so we wrote, we wrote um, a bunch of 1950s songs. It's got an original score of like, I think 12. 12 yeah. Um, and so that is, and so that's on a Spotify. It's, and it's pretty much everywhere. All yeah. Platforms. All the platforms. Um, you can find it also all through our website. And that is um, so cool. You wrote music too. Okay. Here's my, my request for you is please don't do stand up comedy. I don't know if you do because sometimes I meet stand up <laughs> comics and I'm like, all right. And they're like, I also, uh, I'm an artist and I also, and I also act and I'm, and I'm just like, nope, no, no, too many things now. That's yeah. too many things. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, but that is yeah. so, that's so cool. Yeah. Quickly before you go, yeah. um, I just want to do something and these could be two different answers. Uh, Mary fuck kill vampires, zombies, and werewolves. Ooh, that's a good, good question. Mm. Right off the bat, I'm going to say kill a zombie because that is not a sensation I think anyone needs. Yeah. Um, you could, I, I would say marrying uh, a werewolf just for the, the warmth, you know, that's like, oh, a, and probably the ability to gather food. You're going to probably have a normal person most of the time. That's true. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. vampires are sexy. Who wouldn't want a fuck a vampire? Yeah. Wow. I like this. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> One more thing, uh, we are going to be coming out with a Harry Potter spoof in a couple of, hopefully a couple of weeks, we're going to try and release it for Halloween, and it's called Harry Potter Under the Robe, and it is going to be a, like a sort of uh, a reality, yeah, reality show look into what all the characters are going through, you know, 20 years after the books. Um, oh, and, that's hilarious. Is this the yeah. YouTube series? Yeah. This will be a sketch. Amazing. Movie, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's so good. What a great idea. It's um, pretty saucy. Yeah. <laughs> that's wonderful well thank you so much for doing the podcast yeah thank, thank you so, so much, much. Emily. Take care. we'll see you thank you for listening to haunted as hell formerly comedians with ghost stories if you enjoyed this podcast the best thing you could do is help spread the word about it by reading and reviewing it wherever you get your pods and just sharing it you know the old-fashioned way like saying to somebody wow i just did the best thing with my commute oh what was it it was listening to this podcast it really it was so good. It was called Haunted as Hell, formerly Comedians with Ghost Stories. Oh, wow. Great. Thank you for telling me, Ted. Also, you can follow me on Instagram at EmilyMCWinter and Haunted as Hell on Instagram. Here's a good way to remember it. It sounds like Haunted a Shell. <laughs>